Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Theora. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters. And we're here to talk about it. So the, a quick little background for the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, not, It's just like a little comment. But uh, Theora has been teaching me Tumblr. Because I don't, I never used it before. Ironically, since this is how the podcast was actually started on Tumblr. (laughs) But I have started my journey of posting on Tumblr. And one of the things that I saw someone post by, it's their username is EJ Caswell, but with three L's at the end. They, this is what they wrote. Some of you may say that Seven Big Red hooking up and cheating on Carlos and Ashlyn is bad writing, or out of character, or even a truly baffling narrative decision, but have you considered that they have a big prompt wheel in the writer's room that a small gremlin spun whenever the clock struck 12, and they had to write it into the script or else trade their firstborn to the witch outside in the hall? Maybe think about that next time. And then one of the tags is, they told me all this personally, by the way. I love Tumblr. (laughs) But yeah, no, like, that's that's what some of this relationship stuff reads as. Like, this is what drives me crazy about the show sometimes. They do shit like that, and you're like, why? This is very soap opera-y. I like this explanation about it. So it just made me laugh, and I hope it made other people laugh as well. But one of my other favorite scenes is, <laughs> ironically, in the flashback episode... Um, when Maddox comes into the room and she just starts pointing out everyone who's, who is single when so basically Ashlyn is talking about how her and Big Red had the most chill breakup and then got lactate pills afterwards and Maddox goes wait so you're single again and then she catches herself and she's like and Emmy you're single too and Jet Miss Jen just naming all the single people it's just the line delivery was great by Sailor. It was very, very good. But also it confirms that, like, Maddox knew that she was about to do engage in cheating when she was going to kiss Ashlyn, which is fucked. I just, I hate mm. it. It makes everyone a stereotype. It's just stupid. Ugh, anyway. I, I think, let, let's not show cheating. Let's just say so we is, need to be committed to people. Right. So this is why I'm glad 
They didn't actually kiss, and it they start in a better way when everybody's single. <laughs> I just wanted them to get together after they broke up. I'm <laughs> get over it, but like I just want more of them together. I know, I know. we oh, we never get enough. <sighs> we didn't get much. <laughs> we got it though. That's a win. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just am agreeing. Nobody though. died, Caitlin. <laughs> Nobody they could have. They could have broken know. them up, like. All right, fine, fine, fine. I just love them so much. I know. Big feels, big feels. So, now, after all of that, Ashlyn is too nervous to tell Maddox that she likes her. But, like, I was thinking more about this, and it does make sense because it seems like Ashlyn can be very insecure, especially in, like, the season one. Like, she's grown, but she's still insecure on the inside and has that fear of rejection. And there's been a few times where... She immediately tries to withdraw herself if people aren't happy around her or doesn't, like, they don't want to do something that she suggests. And so, like, I have a few points to, like, back that up. So, when Nini enters the theater in season one, Ashlyn is playing the piano, but as soon as she sees her, she's, like, scrambling to get all her stuff together. And she's like, I can be out of here in six seconds. Like, she just wants to make sure that she's not in the way of anybody because that's how she sees herself. Yeah. And then it, the same thing happens when she sees Nini at the coffee shop. After her and EJ are fighting, because she feels like because she's related to EJ, Nini's not going to like her. And she doesn't want to be there if someone doesn't want her there. Yep. And then, oh, this one, this one, like, breaks my heart. Is like, when she gets, pulls out the Tercet, uh, the song that she wrote for the audition for her, Gina and Courtney. She is so excited to do it because Courtney is like immediately on board and and she like prefaced it by saying like she feels like she has a sister now and like Courtney lost a sister so she brought the three of them together. But then Gina, I mean she's trying to make her own mark. Like she was trying to f- figure out where she fit in so she wanted to do her own thing. But Ashlyn's small dream was crushed and she tried to minimize it so quickly. She, I think she, like, either took the paper back or something, and like, she just, like, started walking away. She's like, oh, no, no, that's fine. Like, yeah, we don't have to do it. It was a stupid idea. But she took all this time to write this song, tailored it to all of them. It's just like, go for what you want, girl. You got this. And it's, but the rejection is just too much for her, and... She doesn't want to ruin it. She cares about Maddox too much. Also, it's scary. Like, yeah. it's just, it's scary. It's, these are high school kids. They are not experienced in romance. Like, and I think that the way she feels about Maddox is way deeper than Big Red. And that's part of what scares her. Like, the how big those feelings are are very scary. Um... Number one. And then number two, like, they they started off as friends. Like, yeah, text flirting or whatever, but, like, they're friends who clearly kind of know each other at this point. And so to, like, lose that friend that makes you happy, like, this is, like, the Tao and L thing from Heartstopper. Like, it's really hard. Like, once you cross that line and go into the relationship territory, one of two things happens. Either you stay together forever or... 
or it ends. And then your either way, your relationship with each other changes forever. So there's that fear of like, I could lose you forever. And we, we maybe won't be the same. Like, yeah, with her and Big Red, they happen to be friends at the end. But that is such an anomaly. Like, that doesn't always happen. So it's scary to be like, I could, if I tell you this, like, I could lose you. I think that's more what she's afraid of. Like, lose you as mm-hmm. a friend. And potentially change this forever. Um, when what we have is really great and... I don't want to lose what we have right now, even though like I want more than this, you know, it's like that risk versus benefit thing. And she's very much more on the risk averse side of it right now, where she's like, the risk is too great. If I make a move kind of thing. Going back to what you said, about like her feelings being stronger from Maddox than Big Red. So we see in the flashback episode that she didn't have any friends. Like she's not, she wasn't around people. Big Red looked like to be the first person who ever showed her any kindness. Yes. Like, so he was complimenting her. Like, so obviously she's going to gravitate towards that more. So, like, maybe she was mistaken these friend feelings and, like, for someone actually being nice to her and, like, seeing her because everyone sees EJ and not her. Yes. Yeah, so and that's why I, this isn't so important. Correct. And then I think with, like, Maddox, she's also psyching herself out a little bit because they started the same way. And she's like, well, what if what if I am actually misreading this? And, like, I, I, my big feels are just getting in the way and clouding everything. And, like, that almost kiss was all in my head and it didn't really happen. It was just, like, we're acting out the song that's about people wanting each other. So, like, I can see where she would psych herself out because, yes, you're correct. That is the exact scenario with Big Red. I really think that, like, they were just friends that fell into a relationship versus, like, people pursuing a relationship. So, like, her trajectory with with Maddox, like, I think from her point of view seems like it's a I'm falling into the same pattern. But, like, it's very evident that that's not really how this whole thing started. Like, Maddox started with the crush and then, like didn't pursue it because Ashlyn had a boyfriend and then Maddox got back with her ex and like the timing just never worked out. But now it's like the timing's good, but Ashlyn is psyching herself out is part of it, I think. Luckily, we don't have to worry because they both have feelings for each other and they do finally get together. They do. So (sighs) Madison, for some reason, sends Maddox a bouquet of heart-shaped balloons and it makes Maddox freak out. It's weird. <laughs> it is. Um, and there ends up being a card from Madison telling Maddox to give them to Ashlyn because the way she talks about her is how someone in love with someone talks about them. But, like, Madison <laughs> spent, what, $65 on these balloons? <laughs> this was absurd. <laughs> Cute sentiment. But what? <laughs> Oh my god, but like, Madison's spending money for Maddox well, to get a new okay. girlfriend. I guess, I go, okay. Out of context, it's insane. But in the context of like, their relationship, I guess it kind of makes sense. Because I'm not going to say the names. JoJo Siwa's character basically like, broke up with Maddox at prom, like, a year ago. And that was the drama last year, right? So like, Maddox was like, very much dreading prom, because she's like, I got dumped on prom. So this is almost like a prom-like scenario where it's like a celebration. Everybody's dressed up. It's like a fancy thing. It's, it's Maddox's big night because she's also about to go off in the movie, which nobody knows yet, really. But mm-hmm. it's a celebration of sorts, right? And I think 
Jojo Siwa's character is like, well, I still feel really guilty about the way I broke up with you and the way that clearly made you super distraught, all this shit with your brother. I think she has guilt. So she's like, I can clearly see that you've moved on. You're okay. Because she showed up at the prom, right? Because she's like, I was, they were friends. And she's like, I'm worried about you because you're acting weird. And I think you're depressed or something. And I just want you to be okay because we're still friends. Um even though Maddox probably still had residual feelings because of the way it ended, which is normal. But I think there's guilt here. And she's like, you are okay. You're moving on. Please go move on and be happy. So like, I don't think with these characters, it's where did she get the money? But like, <laughs> I just, well, no, she's not Jojo Siwa in the show. The deal. Where does any of these kids get money? They're just like, mom, give me a hundred dollars to buy balloons and they just get it. So it's Disney magic. Um, but I think for that character to be like, here's a grand gesture to be like, yes, please go move on. Clearly you've already moved on. Just, you have my blessing. Do it. We're friends. That's what that was. And like, I think it makes sense based on their whole arc and history with each other that this would happen. They're dramatic bitches. Who breaks up with somebody on prom? Like, come now. That's that's also true. Yeah, who does um, that? I'm like, what's so fucked? Who breaks up somebody prom? You could have done it the day after. <laughs> I'm assuming Jet knew what was going to happen Jesus. the whole time because he's the one who tells her to read the card. He notices that Ashlyn's behind her, so he's like, read it out loud so we could just get this shit over with. <laughs> well, like, also Jet is the one that brought Jojo Siwa back into the picture. So I wonder mm-hmm. if they... Again, all, too much stuff happens off screen that's actually important in the show, which is annoying. But, like, I wonder if off screen, those two had a conversation where Jojo C was like, well, your sister keeps talking about this girl a lot. Like, it's a lot. It, look at all <laughs> these texts. Like, it's just about this other girl. And so she's probably like, tell me about her. Is this real? And, like, Jed has eyes. And he's like, yeah, no, like... She, she's, yeah, she's in it, she's in it deep. And so I think that, like... They off screen had a chat about this and we're like, okay, good. She's okay because that's why they conspired in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think together they're just like, yes, let her be happy. She's happy here. Jojo Siwa also moved on and just came back into the picture because she was afraid for her friend, right? So I think she's also relieved. She's like, good. Like, we've, we've grown apart. You're okay to move on. You're finally okay. Like, go Go be with the girl you will not stop texting me about. Stop texting me about this girl. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. It I wonder what Maddox uh, says to Madison. A thank to you card? Like- <laughs> no, no, no. What she says, um, oh, says like, about I- Ashlyn. What they should send. What does it. What does anybody She's a say? Gen Z. She's not sending a thank you card. I don't know. Well, she said balloons. Like, she's, what, she said chocolates like everybody else on the show? She's sending something back to be like, thank you. I don't know. What does Jojo Siwa want? A, a microphone? A bejeweled microphone? A bejeweled microphone? <laughs> she's gonna get her a microphone from the Aero store and send it to her. Um, <laughs> no, she needs a microphone with her face on it. That's some money. Um, anyway, uh, what did you say? <laughs> I got lost. What she... <laughs> Are we going to still with the microphone thing or back to what? No, what were you saying topic? before that? Before I got off on the microphone tangent. Um, I was talking about like how she got the money to do it, but oh, we no, don't do that. Anymore. You said something right before that, but I can't remember. I can't. Oh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so 
I think all of this kind of makes sense. It's traumatic. It's a gesture of it's like the it's like the big red conversation with Ashlyn, but like we can't get JoJo Siwa back, so we're gonna do this virtually via jet, which is how this whole thing started anyway. So like it does make sense. And then the timing is just oh so perfect that Ashlyn happens to be hearing all of this. Yes. Um, so, but it's cute, and I like the way it's shot. Yes, it's the scene is cute. It's okay? very cute. <laughs> I am gonna like. I'm so happy that this scene exists. It's adorable. So Ashlyn overhears, and she's like, she has this duffel bag, and she's like holding on to it, not like with both hands, I believe, and she's just like slightly runs up to her and's like i'm not back together with uh big red oh, by the way oh yeah that's right because Max so, thought that she's like yes because you know antoine comes back into the picture randomly which is the next section i have Closure. which makes no sense and he he brings like this chocolate croissant for ashlyn that's what he tells because he's red. french they're like we have to we're playing yes. up on the fact that he's french yeah, he's French. Um, so Maddox immediately gets upset because it, it's been like tag. They're like, "All right, I'm ready to tell her," and then oh, Madison is back in the picture. Oh, I'm ready to tell her. Damn it, she's back with Big Red. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So what happened was basically like Maddox is doing the sound or whatever, and she like cues into like Matt like. Ashlyn's mic or whatever when she's playing it up that she's with Big Red to get the French guy to leave her alone. She's like, no, 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 we're together. We're really happy. Like, as a way to deflect this They've creepy- never been happier. Right. She's trying to deflect the creepy dude, but then, of course, because drama, Maddox comes into the conversation when she's just saying they're happy and thinks it's real. So when she gets the balloon and, and she's reading the card, she's like, this is doesn't matter because she's not single anymore, like I thought she was. So, like, what do you want me to do with these fucking balloons? And then Ashlyn's there. She's like, no, no, no. I'm still single. That was a bunch of bullshit to get a creepy dude away from me. You're a woman. You understand, right? So. But then Ashlyn gives her this double pet. Or no, she takes out the box that Dewey brought all the way. From the camp. Yes. Um, and he loves those kids. He doesn't want to admit it, but he does. Uh, and, uh, oh my God, Maddox opens it and it's. A chunk of a tree. So they 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 hurt this poor tree just to get this little piece of it. That uh, EJ somehow had time to carve last season. We talked about that says Ashlyn Hart's gadget, which is the two of them. I believe that's yes, in a heart. And like this, Maddox is like, you've had these feelings since camp, and like Maddox is so hopeful. But I feel like Ashlyn's line with no. EJ did it. I feel like that's so terrible because she's like, oh, you didn't feel it when I felt it. And someone else did this. Like, how is this a gift for her? Like, because it's not like Ashlyn did well, it. okay. So I think that when she reply, when Ashlyn replies with no, EJ did it, I think in her brain she's nervous and because she's doing the grand gesture finally and when she hear she hear in her brain she hears the question did you do this and so she's like no I didn't I didn't do it EJ did it because EJ could see that I was into you even when I couldn't see it so like it, it's an, an admittance of feelings without being like otherwise I would have told you back then but she's like I didn't realize it but obviously I was so obvious about it 
that my cousin could see it. And then he carved this on a fucking tree as evidence. And, like, the other part of it is that, like, that camp means a lot to Maddox. So it's, Mm -hmm. like, a way to be, like, I understand this place means a lot to you. And, like, there's a piece of us now connected to this place when we first met. And so it was a very romantic gesture. Like, yeah. Um, so they have a really cute conversation and I, I don't, I forget which one I should have written down the conversation, but I believe Ashlyn says that she has every feeling for her Yes, and it's just really cute. And then she ends it with saying, we should just stay friends. Right. Which, I mean, it goes back to what you were, what we were talking about earlier with, she doesn't want to lose her as a friend, but like, come on girls. Also, there's that. But also, I think they're doing their negging thing that they they do when they text. Because your question earlier was, what do they? What did uh, Maddox text Jojo Siwa about Ashlyn? Mm-hmm. I think that Ashlyn and Maddox were like, f- this is how they flirt text, and they're just like, we shouldn't do that, right? We shouldn't do that. Blah blah blah. And then they do it two seconds later. Like, I think yeah. this is just so they, this they, is they walk banter. away from each other. Yeah, and then. You're just like, damn it, no, I want her. Like, we had a whole song saying that I want <laughs> we want each other. So they run up, and there's, like, a very quick kiss. And, like, I, I think that- Then it's just like, oh, shit, sure, we did it. And then too, and, like, they start making out, basically. Yes. And then Carlos comes in, interrupts it. And then he basically well, does really. the Darcy. He doesn't really interrupt it. He just no. talks. And he just does the Darcy it. thing from Heartstopper. Like, oh, you're, you're being, being gay. gay. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does he take a photo of them? I hope not. That's I, don't, I don't remember. I, I feel like he did something, but. So he walks away and they're still kissing. And I'm just impressed that they had them kiss that long on Disney. I mean, but most of we it was off didn't. screen. Most, but like, yeah, we didn't. You see, like, the back of Maddox. Yes. So you know they're still kissing. And Carlos says it out loud. So that's the Disney version of letting queer people make out. But they, we do see um, Seblos has a kiss in, like, season. Like, their first kiss is, like, pretty long. So. I mean, we had it's to just watch the lesbians Ricky that can't, and Gina can't kiss for, like, 500 years. So, <laughs> yeah, the lesbians are. But, okay, to go back to your question, what, what did. Maddox text Jojo Siwa about Ashlyn. I think that she just did shit like Ashlyn said the funniest thing today and I wanted to share it with you. I think it was stuff like that or she's like Ashlyn sung the song and it was really beautiful. It's crap like that. I think she was just like commenting things like because it's like what do you text people? What's going on in your day? My day was I was staring at this girl all day and here's what happened. And I think that's what she's texting her and that's when Jojo Siwa was like okay this is <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> this is gay. This is really gay. I need to talk to your brother. Or <laughs> like I feel like that. Ashlyn, Ashlyn said this thing to me, and I can't, I don't know, understand what it means. Like, does she like, like, I don't think friends? she was doing that. I don't think she was doing, does she like me? Does she not like me stuff? I think she was just like, oh, I observed all of these things. But it's like the gayest shit you've ever read. And she's like, oh, she has a dimple when she smiles. It's like stuff like that. And then Jodeci was like, wow, okay. You're, you like this girl. Because if she was like, oh, I like her, like those two would have broken. Like, they were like together, kind of. I don't know. I feel like it was shit like that, where you just you just will not shut up about this person. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. 
Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Hmm, what flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. And you're just like, wow. Okay, this is a lot. <laughs> it doesn't matter, because Madeline's together now. But, um, so... <laughs> They really missed an opportunity with this scene, though. They did. Okay. So we talked about Ashlyn saying in the Halloween episode that she'll give her mouth to mouth as a friend. But then when Maddox breaks the lighting board, it makes this whole huge noise and people keep running up asking if she's okay. And Ashlyn comes up saying, do you need mouth to mouth? And it's just, it's like very monotone and just like a throwaway line. And it's meant to be a joke. But when they kissed, they really should have pulled back. And when their foreheads are together, she should have just whispered, I finally got to give you mouth to mouth. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. And it would have been so cute. And just to round it out. Oh, I love them. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> got big feels for your ship. So they end up together. They do. And we don't get much of them. Together, but there is a really, really cute moment. Um, once you know, Gina does that whole thing where they staying in Salt Lake. Okay, first of all, hold on, yeah, okay, yeah. so randomly yeah. Maddox is supposed to go too and doesn't tell Ashlyn, no, dude, she's going to New Zealand. What the hell was this, writers? And she's just like, I'm leaving tonight, and that never comes up for like months, like. Girl, what? Yeah. And then Gina suddenly changes the whole location <laughs> of the film in her acceptance speech in front of, like, three reporters. And so then it's fine, and they're going to be together now. But, like, you guys didn't talk about that. That's so fucked. Like, <laughs> the writers are terrible on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let them talk. Like, and then, like, it's like they're together after that being cute. But it's like... <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what the fuck do you mean? You were just going to leave and not tell me. Like, then maybe they should, they should have stayed friends. Like when she said that, she's like, yeah, because I'm going to New Zealand tonight. Like, why didn't that come out then? Like, oh my God. That is very true. Like, why that was it Maddox? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm about to go to New Zealand. You could have just put that right there. And then, yeah. Wow. To not tell your now girlfriend that is really fucked up. I mean, I mean, the writers, the, they, they wrote the other stuff, though, so that's good. That is good. But I don't I don't trust them with relationships, which is why I'm glad it ended with them together on a high note, because I don't But you also, them. you don't know don't what, like, it was Disney's fault, too, because they can't always do what they want to do. And Disney makes them change shit, so it might not be all their fault. True, but, like, letting characters talk about stuff, I feel like you should be able to do that. <laughs> I think we need more time and maybe not a flashback episode. That too. <laughs> that too. All comes back to the freaking flashback episode. It really doesn't. This writing stuff has been in there since season one. But yes. There were choices. Let me have it, Theora. Choices were made, Caitlin. <laughs> choices were made. There were a lot of choices. There were choices. Okay. Well, see, I want to talk more about them, but there's not enough. Okay, <clears throat> but the the last cute thing is like when Maddox was like, "I need to have time in my schedule 
to stage manage for Miss Jen's spring show. And Ashlyn comes running up and just like hugs her from behind and they're so happy and I love them. <laughs> yeah. Which... I promise. I promise I'll get over it. You don't need to get over it. You don't get over some ships. They're just, they're your forever ships. Your forever OTPs. Oh, they're really cute. They are very cute. I'm just saying. Facts. All right. Uh, we do have to move on, so <laughs> because it's almost two hours now. Yes. All right, so let's let's just talk very quickly about Big Red. He randomly ends up with Antoine because apparently Antoine is um I don't know if he's gay or bi or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But he's, he's like, oh, this was actually never for Ashlyn. I wanted you, even. <sighs> okay, it was the classic boy thing where he's like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you because I actually like you. Because all of his comments to Big Red up until now were just like, oh, you're nothing. Oh, you're nothing. Oh, you're nothing. It's, yeah. So sure. Good. Big Red gets a boyfriend. Great. Next. <laughs> I mean, I'll take more queers. It just really seemed out of place. Another thing I wanted to talk about uh, is the... <laughs> comparison between Mrs. Green versus Mrs. Porter because Mrs. Porter, I don't think we've ever actually seen her until this season. Uh, no. She pisses me off, man. Uh, Why? I don't... <sighs> she's Why? just so hard on Gina. I don't... I just... I like Courtney. How Hall. is she hard on Gina? <laughs> because she's like... <sighs> She's not okay with her dating, but unless it's Mac, basically. I mean, I wouldn't be okay with anybody dating Ricky. Ricky's a loser. <laughs> Why would she be okay with that? Ricky, who's never on time for stuff, who doesn't take shit seriously. And then, like, that's perfectly normal. Like, I just again, 16-year-olds like don't make great decisions. So, it's fine. Gina's mom was just so pushy, and it's like she wasn't allowing Gina to grow. But Gina did grow. She was trying to push Gina. Like, you know, some parents are more heavy-handed than others when it comes to, like, being focused on their success. Like, EJ's dad was like this, too. But not because he wanted EJ to be great. It's because he wanted to preserve his family legacy. Whereas, like, Mrs. Port, Like, think about their scenario, though. Like, it's just her and her daughter trying to survive and like her mom whatever her job is which we never find out what this job is where they're constantly moving around but like she helps um with disasters like natural disasters great so i believe but so important job mom's all like stressed out and shit and like has to raise this girl by herself where the fuck's her dad why don't we mad gina's dad like why is it all on the mom like the mom's doing the best she can and she's like listen you need to be successful because I'm successful, and that's the only way you, like, survive in this world. So, like, come on, Gina, like, be successful. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. And then, like, Miss Green and, like, Courtney, like, they're a stable household where, like, they don't have to move around. They don't have a crazy life. So, like, they have the privilege of being more relaxed in their, like, life. Like, the Porter, like, Gina and her mom do not have that luxury. It's go, go, go all the time. Like, that's just the life that they have. So, yeah, they're going to have different relationships because, like, mom's saving the world, so she's not always around. So, like, when she's around, she's like, I just want to make sure you have all the opportunities you need, you're taking advantage of them, and you're not going to make stupid decisions based on a boy. Which she does in the film with Ricky by being like, hey, director, let's... Do 
She's already doing it. So, like, I don't blame her mom for being like, hey, eye off the boy. Like, if you want to be an actor, be great. Go after one that's stable and knows what he's doing and can probably help you succeed in this, like, business. Not this, like, loser. Ricky, who doesn't even care about school until, like, the last three weeks before graduation. Because he's like, oh, I need grades to get into college magically. Like, come on. I mean, technically. too. Like, <laughs> what is this? Technically, it was uh, still, like. December at most. Probably but like, he has like a two point something GPA. Like, his plotline is ridiculous. And so like, yeah, as Gina's mother, I would be fucking concerned by this too. Like, and he, she caught him like sneaking into her room. Like, not a great, not great from like, and like her and her mom, to be fair, have a different relationship where they don't talk about everything clearly because like, they probably don't see each other as much as like Courtney and her mom. So they don't have the same relationship, but the relationship they do have is very based on like, what are you accomplishing? It's good. It's like motherland. It goes back to like Abigail and her mother. It was very like achievement based affection. Like that happens. And so she's like, well, you, I need you to achieve like, and that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's wrong. It's just, it's a different type of parenting. And if you, yeah, if you compare it to like Courtney's mom, it's like, yeah, I would much rather have Courtney's mom, but like Courtney's situation and Gina's situation are two completely different situations. Season two, like, where the hell was her mom? Her mom was off saving the world, and, like, Gina's living with Ashlyn. So, like, they obviously don't spend a lot of time together, but they, they do communicate. Like, she was always, like, calling her mom and stuff. And, like, you can't really be mad at her mom to be like, oh, you never showed up to a play until now. It's like, yeah, her mom's putting out, like, forest fires or whatever the fuck. Like, I can't be in a play. Like, this is my job. Like, what do you want from me? Like, sorry. It pisses me off when, like, the single parent gets, like, cast as, like, the bad parent. When it's like, she has a job that's atypical. It's not a nine to five. And, like, what do you want from her? Like, where's Gina's dad? Why isn't Gina's dad at any of these things? Nobody's mad at Gina's dad. Like, we're just mad at the mom. Like, come on. Okay. Fuck Fine. This. this shit pisses me off. Like, it really does. Like, go Courtney's mom. They have a very cute relationship. But they have different life circumstances than Gina does. Like, they just do. That is fair. Nothing else. <laughs> we will continue on. Um, I also made a note that they changed Emmy's personality completely this season. That, that happens a lot. Um, and she reminds me a lot of myself with her scary yes. ways of finding stuff. Yes. But it's not really scary. It is just using the resources at her fingertips. Just saying. Yep. Okay. And we do address the mockumentary uh, in this season. Uh, because Ricky Fort asked... Wall break, finally. <laughs> Who the bleep are you guys? There's also a lot more censored cursing in season four. Like, we've only had it a few times. Like, I think Jet tries to say shit, and then in the Halloween episode, and Matt comes in through the window, like, dude, you can't say that. They they say it a lot this season. So, overall thoughts on, like, this style? Like, the mockumentary? Yeah. I mean, I like, I, for the, okay, I like it overall, because, like, I love The Office, which made it popular, to be honest. The Office made it popular. No, I've never seen it. Um, it really wasn't a big... The Office was a massively... Office 
in America. It started off as a British show, also did the mockumentary style, and then came to America. They adapted it, and it got, like, ten seasons. Like, it was an insanely popular television show. And that style then became popular after The Office started getting successful. So then we had, like, Parks and Recreation. So I think for comedy, it's great. Um, I do enjoy that style. I like it better when they never explain it. Like, here they did the fourth wall break, but then they don't explain what the why they're doing a mockumentary, which I think is an in-between, where, like, The Office, they kind of explain it at the end, versus Parks and Rec, they never explain it. And, like, the characters are just doing these, like, <laughs> fourth wall breaks and interviews, and, and, like, it's never explained, which is even funnier to me, that, like, the characters go along and we never know why. Um, but... I like, I think the style works in comedy. In this, it was kind of weird sometimes because there's a lot of drama in this. And it was this excuse to have a lot of like camera work that was very like supposed to be like a handheld camera, which sometimes was just like, can you stop moving? Like sometimes it was distracting. Like I was trying to like get screenshots to put edit these mm -hmm. episodes. And it's really hard because the cameras are constantly moving because it's supposed to look like a free held camera so sometimes i find it really found it annoying um based on how they chose to execute it sometimes but overall i think it's a it, it's a good format i think that works best in a comedy or if you're just in this too if you're just not if you're gonna like chalk a lot of things to being off screen I can see this working where you're like, just have the character be very explicit about how they feel because this is a show that's not about subtlety, really. It's for kids. It's geared more towards like younger audience that perhaps uh, isn't good at reading nuance, isn't good at like subtlety or foreshadowing or things like that. So like to have a mockumentary style, it helps, I think, facilitate to be like, this is what the character feels because the character is telling me how they feel versus like reading the signs and being like, Oh, I see based on their behavior how they feel. But like, so I can I can see why it was. And then in this show too, it just so they can keep getting more insane with all the meta stuff. I think they just made a, made it an ongoing joke as season to season to be like, how crazy can we get with this? So I, I like that type of comedy. Like just being self-aware, which is part of why I loved Glee, is just those jokes like when um natalie said and please everyone tr try to remain in your own parts it's just like they're aware of all the issues that they had last time that were ridiculous that's my favorite type of comedy apparently that's what i've been learning through this you like callbacks i like that too where they do callbacks to shit that has happened before i agree i like that but i don't know that you need to be a mockumentary to achieve that Right. So, what do you think of the mockumentary style, Caitlin? Um, so, like, it's not so much the mockumentary. Like, I like the meta-ness of it. The mockumentary worked because they were able to, like, have the... in I don't know what the word is called. It's, like... Not intuition, but, like... Like, they are able to, like, understand what they're feeling and, like, tell the audience how they're feeling. They, it's a, so they let the characters give their own exposition about how they are eternally feeling. Like, they, they just tell you flat out, this is how I feel. Which, I mean, it's a kid show. Like, also, apparently I need that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some people find that helpful. 
But yeah, it, it was it was cute, and it also established that it was different from the movies. That is it, true. Yeah, like it was a very good, clear. This is not a movie. This is a TV show, and yeah, like it's following the kids who go to that school. So I think I think it worked really well in the show. And it made it different from Glee because Glee was not a mockumentary. It was very clearly trying to be both that movie and Glee at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, but Glee did have, like, the voiceovers. Yeah, Glee had voiceovers, which was annoying as fuck. But, like, they didn't have, like, Rachel Bates. Fiona hates voiceovers, if you didn't know that. Like, she... I hate voiceovers. Okay, but, like, okay. The voiceovers in Glee served a purpose. The voiceovers in Warrior Nun did not. They were, like, crap I didn't need to hear about, like, how Ava felt about stuff. I'm like, I don't need to know this. Like, this is not helping the plot. This is dumb. Like, get out of here. Like, if you're going to do it, like, like Glee would use it as a transition, and it worked a lot better. But, yeah, you're right. That was kind of, like, their moment of exposition but they didn't like have rachel berry in a corner and be like rachel be like this is how i feel but what she explained they all explain a lot how they feel to each other so we didn't need the one-on-one with the character it's very obvious how they all feel about stuff yes so yeah that show that show very different they're different shows though so they are different shows um, there's one last thing i wanted to talk that i talk about that i really liked about the show in general and it's that they allowed Courtney and Gina to have their natural hair, like, and, like, yes. natural hairstyles. Agreed. Which is very big, not, like, so Disney and Nickelodeon, like, I grew up, and this isn't just for these networks. Like, this is just no. Hollywood in general. Correct. Was so bad with, um, I don't know the right term to describe it, so I'm just gonna say, um. Black people's hair, basically. Yeah, black people's hair. Yeah. Literally. Or black hairstyles. Yeah, black hairstyles. So basically, all you ever saw was straight, curls, stuff like that. And now we're finally getting to see them explore it. Because it is a big, I've learned this, like, I tried to do some research on this. So it's a big part of their culture to have, like, different hairstyles and explore with. So Dara talked about how much she loved that they did get to play around with their hairstyles. And... I think her and Sophia, who plays Gina, they went to, I don't know if it, whoever's like in charge of it in the last season or like midway through and like talked about all the things they want to do and they just let them run with it. So Courtney, uh, Dara was like, I'm going to just try to figure out all of the cool things I do. So like she had a different hairstyle every single episode. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And like, I love the one like where it is like a bunch of, um, hair ties in her hair, and she has like these like clip and yeah. like things like it's it's so Courtney and her like I love it. It's beautiful. Um. So and because Hollywood, like, not only did they not know how to handle black people's hair, they also just like wanted it to fit in with you know. The That's whites. really what it is. Yeah. So, like, they didn't want viewers to get confused. Because apparently, hair is such a weird thing in Hollywood that, like, you couldn't change your hair because people might get confused. Yes. It, it's really weird. 
You have to realize, though, back in the day, not to defend anybody, but, like, back in the day, like, we had soap opera switches happening, where, like, mm-hmm. you would just swap out an actor and be like, no, that's Frederick. That's, he's been here a long time. Oh, they time. do that it's, still, okay? No, they I know, just, but, like, they did that was the Fosters, and it was really it, weird. It was a lot more common to do that, because mm-hmm. shows would run forever, and there's, like, five shows, so they would do it constantly. So, yeah, like, people are stupid, and they'd be like, well, their hair's different. Is it a different person? Who's this person? So, yeah, I, like... People are just dumb as fuck. But quick note like, that has nothing to do with this. I'm glad they never did that in Grey's Anatomy. Continue. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad that the actors got to like actually like have their hair and have control over what happens to it. That's really great, and that should continue. Like Courtney and Gina's hair are both gorgeous. Like, good for them. Yeah, and. So something I learned while researching this, because I noticed their hair and I knew before, like I heard something like that, it was a huge thing and that like there's not a lot of hairstylists that even know how to work with black people's hair. Yes. And like that's the issue. So Monique Coleman actually, who plays Taylor in High School Musical, the movies, um, she said that they damaged her hair so bad that they had to like she had to suggest that they add bandanas like that's why taylor wears bandanas because they messed up the front of her hair and like that's terrible that is terrible she sued them (laughs) (laughs) you know she has always been so positive towards these movies and they did her so dirty like she they left her out of the press it was like her and lucas i believe that they left out like I'm amazed that they came back and to do this this season. And but it was so cool to have see her have a scene with Dara Dara. That that was a really sweet scene. But I I want to interview a set hairstylist one day about like the importance of this and letting the hair not be straight and curly and play with the styles. I believe Blackish has a whole episode about like black hairstyles and stuff and why they're important. So uh, Hollywood is slowly catching up. Slowly. We're making progress in all the things. Yes. Okay. But uh, obviously uh, I couldn't stop there. And uh, season five. Okay. Because you know, what if it continued? All right. So. This is Caitlin's fan fiction section. <laughs> yes, this is this is what I would like to happen, apparently. Alright, so the first thing I ever thought of was that Courtney is trying to make a shrine for the costumes that she like designed throughout her time in the theater uh, before she leaves for college. And she states the reason is because it's just as important as important as the HSM movies. Um, and I know in this show, like they don't have a high school musical like showcase, but I think after the first season, Miss Jen talks about like making one, so they have one now because they do it in the actual school. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna put it right next to that one because it's just as important. It's historic." So yes. that's what I think is going on with her. Okay. Big Red comes back because Ricky needs him to help him get stay in college, something like that. Um, so Big Red is taking his job of getting Ricky to get better grades very seriously, and he comes up with a bunch of games to help him study. So we just see them playing, like, Jeopardy and, like, all these different types of games. Uh, Madeline finally gets to be cute together, and there's no relationship drama, because I don't want it. There's no relationship drama, because they deserve more in this show. And I think their drama can come from Maddox and Jet's home life, because even in the fourth season, Jet makes a comment like, um... 
when Maddox says this is a dictatorship, not a democracy, Jet says, oh, so just like at home. And it's a throwaway line and we don't hear anything else, but there's stuff going on at home, which a lot of fan fiction's read into. So I'm going to go with that. Yes, uh, that's where the drama can come in. Uh, but so because of the drama at home, Maddox spends more time at Ashland's, which gives us more acuteness and support of Ashland. Jet is also having a hard time at home, and he is kind of dating Courtney because, you know, like they were really forcing them together. But she is more focused on making sure she is ready for college because like she is focused on her future. So he doesn't have the mm-hmm. same support that he does with Ashlyn. And I don't see Jetney lasting if they even become a thing. Sorry, people. Like, they're, they're just not. Like, they just mm-hmm. don't. I don't, I don't see them. No. So, all right, now here's where we get into the Gina shit. So Gina's getting ready to work on the movie, but they're still missing their Romeo because Mac pulled out before he was even announced. Okay? So, Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm sorry. Can we go back to one thing about Gina that I thought was really weird that has to do with this? So when she's doing the acceptance speech, she says something along the lines of, I've never read Romeo and Juliet. I'm looking forward to reading this for the first time. What high school student in America doesn't know the premise of Romeo and Juliet? Like how? There's so many things based off of it. It's like a cult. Like even if you've never read Shakespeare or you didn't weren't forced to read it, which like, in America, most high school English, like, they require you to read it at some point. So, I think we read it in ninth grade. Right. It's required reading in America. But even if it wasn't required for some reason at East High, it's a pop culture reference thing. Like, how does she not know, like, I'm wondering, like, what? she just doesn't know, like, the details of it, but, like, she knows. No, the- it sounded like she had no idea what this was about. She's like, I'm looking forward to, like, reading this and, and to know more about what this is about. Like, I don't think she knew what the play was about. And I'm like, how? You're in America. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I mean, there's even an animated movie called Nomeo and Julia. No, there's like, there are legitimate, there's so many movies, there's so many things. It's a pop culture reference. Like, it's in songs. Taylor Swift has a song about it. Like, how do you <laughs> not know? Like, at least the reference, you know? So like, that was weird. Whoever wrote that line. You're in America. How do you <laughs> You're know in that? Like, they, it's required reading for high school. Does she not read? Like, she's been to many high schools. Like, come on now. That was ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, she's been to many to... high schools. Maybe she just kept missing that. Because I did. I missed, like, a whole chunk of shit uh, because I was moving around so much. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. <laughs> so, like. Yeah, it's possible. But it's also a pop culture reference. So, like, even if you didn't read it, that's what I'm saying. Even if you didn't read it, in America, it's all around. It's like not knowing what Christianity is if you've never been to a church. It's everywhere. How do you not know what this is? I thought that was wild and crazy. Anyway, continue. I had to. That's That's fine. I understand. Also, yeah. And then Mac leaving without telling anybody. Like, if I were the director, I would be pissed about this like you lost the romeo and also, he didn't tell anybody like but he also announces he announces that they're rebooting his show and he's like but i have to talk to disney right. Plus first it's like i don't know that was ridiculous but anyway, sorry okay so now this again we're in season five in my world in my brain okay so gina starts talking to danny more because danny has stayed to learn more from miss jen because Miss Jen turns down a Broadway role. That was insane. 
That was stupid. Yes, anyway. I agree. So, and Danny confides in her that she is worried she isn't a good actress since she got fired from the movie. And Gina offers to help her with her scene work. And no, I'm not putting them together, guys. Don't worry. Ideally, Maddox should make an offhand joke about how Romeo and Juliet should be queer and Quinn's eyes just go wide immediately and runs with it. And like she like completely takes it as her idea because that's what she would do. So Quinn approaches Gina and tells her that the movie is now going to be a queer adaptation and it catches Gina off guard at first. But then Gina's like, okay, cool, let's do it. Um, And she suggests that they should get Danny to play Romeo then. Don't ask me why. I, I have figured... There's no way that director is going to be like, yeah, the girl that can't act. Hold on! I'm getting there! So Quinn is like, the girl who sucked the air out of High School Musical 4 and got fired within a day? Yeah, no. But Gina's like, come on! She's gotten so much better! Just audition her! Quinn reluctantly agrees because she agrees to everything that Gina says. Um, <laughs> I wrote, because let's be real, I think Gina's the only one that has a hold over Quinn. So, like, that happens, and then, like, they, they do it. Because I, I couldn't put Maddox or Ashlyn. I, Maddox wouldn't want to do it. Ashlyn, like, it's just, no. Okay, so it had to be Dan. I was trying to figure out. Also, it's more diversity in the film, and we needed that. So, that's why. So, I did not forget about the spring musical, okay? This time, they are doing, drum roll, <laughs> the prom. And thank you to the fan fiction that put that in my head. But I, I think it would actually be a great idea if they did that. Um, it was either this one or Lemonade Mouth, because uh, Sailor, who plays Maddox's sister, Maddox, her sister, Piper, uh, wrote that, like, finally I can talk about Madeline. You have no idea. Uh, Piper was also in a Disney show called I Didn't Do It, and I believe she's now queer or, like, gay, whatever. But I believe that is what the case is now and i love it and she's hilarious on tiktok so go look her up because she has some stories about the old disney days it's it's just great um so someone said that they should have done lemonade mouth and i think um yeah sailor but maddox should have played uh hayley kiyoko's character yes or just have Haley kiyoko that's fine just just have Haley kiyoko just bring her hydrate um, but I chose the prom because I wanted more queerness and I'm sick of Ricky always getting the lead. I'm just sick of Ricky. So here's my cast list. Cause I literally, I looked up the cast list. I looked up like the vocal parts, the, the yeah. So Ashlyn is obviously going to be Emma Nolan. So the main lead Maddox is going to be Alyssa Green because, uh, I'm going with what they did in the fan fiction as well. Everyone has to audition and you know what? Maddox is now in the show. Uh, Carlos is Barry. Seb is Sheldon. Courtney is Dee Dee Allen. Because she would kill that. Jet is Mr. Hawkins. Ricky is Trent. Gina is Mrs. Green. Danny is Angie. I don't even, like, know who some of these people are. Like, I remember. Uh, Big Red is Kevin, which is one of the students. Antoine, because he transfers in for Big Red, because that's something they would do, uh, is Nick. Steph. (laughs) Steph is the dancer who was, like, more featured in the first two seasons and then wasn't in it again. But I really like her. So she's Kaylee. And then Emmy is Shelby. And uh, then I realized I should probably really write this because this I, I've got, I got a lot mapped out in my head at this point. <laughs> I can see that. So what do you think? Would you watch it? Would I watch, what, season five? Yeah. Yeah, because then we can keep talking about it. 
<laughs> I just want more Maddox cute, Madeline yeah, cute yeah. moments. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> last section before we wrap up. I'm getting to this quick as possible, everybody. Uh, Caitlin's random and probably useless trivia uh, that did not fit anywhere else. So these are random things that I figured out, saw all or found out online. Uh, so the person who trained the hamster, you know, Natalie Bagley's hamster in season one, had only trained bears previously. Weird. <laughs> Hamsters are not bears, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> so the, he was very overqualified for this job. Uh, wondering the song that Ashlyn, because it's Ashlyn's song, sings with Nini, uh, was the first song ever shot or recorded, and I believe it was three months before they even got a script and started filming. Damn. Now, ghost lights are seen throughout the show. Theora and I have talked about them briefly before, not on here, but since it was on an episode of Only Murders in the Building, but I'm just going to go over it quickly for listeners, because it's, it's something that if you're not in that world, you have no idea what it is. So describe what it is, too, like... Maybe people didn't know they were looking at a ghost light. So it is a single light that is placed center stage that is on whenever the theater would normally be dark. So it's like literally a single light on a stand. Yeah, so there's a couple of scenes of like Miss Jen standing next to just what looks like a random lamp post that's short. And it's in when Nini is auditioning. So it's like in the first episode and like she's in like where the, I think there's chandeliers and everything, but there's a ghost light on the stage. Right. Um, I think whenever they're in that stage, like, they have the ghost light. Yeah. Uh, But it, so, this ghost light helps with safety, allowing you to find the light console without falling into the orchestra pit. Because if you're uh, fancy and you're, they're in a school, but, I mean, like, they they mostly do it in the auditorium because somehow they never have their theater. Uh, (laughs) But you could fall into the orchestra pit and hurt yourself. We didn't have one at school, but the other, they East High did. <laughs> at ours. They had a no East uh oh, Central Ducks East, the, the rival school that we have. Got um it. they did have an orchestra pit, so good for them. Not bitter. No. <laughs> or so and it also helps you from doing any other harm to yourself. And there are a lot of superstitions that come with the ghost light. There, there's a lot of superstitions in theater in general. Uh but the most common one is that every theater has a ghost light and the light allows them to see and perform on stage when everyone else is gone. It, the ghosts. The ghosts that, like, every... Okay, yeah. Every theater has a ghost. And, yeah, they get to perform when everybody's gone. And you're supposed to keep the theater empty one night a week for them, which may be the reason that theaters are typically dark on Mondays. Like, there's no performances on Mondays. Uh, yeah. Okay, so now on to <laughs> this is where the Emmy and like Emmy and I like are very similar. The actual drama teacher at East High is Mr. Kevin McClellan, um, not Miss Jen. However, he does have a wife named Jen. <laughs> so yeah, and East High is currently doing Les Mis for their fall show, and of course, me being me, I looked at their cast list. If you go all the way down to the bottom of the list, you will see no one is cast as the wedding guests. Instead, it reads, I guess I did need a dance audition after all. We will do that later. And I just feel like this is something that Miss Jen would actually do. And I find it very funny. Um, also, Kate Rinders, have you ever said her last name? She did go see uh, a production at East High. She went and saw when they did Beauty and the Beast. 
So I want to know, I fr- I didn't figure out who came first, the their Beauty and the Beast, or I think theirs did. So also the next thing on my list is that Ashlyn has a scissors bucket. And I apparently felt the need to write this down during one of my rewatches because I thought it was. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next fact, uh, rest in peace to the fact that got corrupted when I locked my notes because I had them all locked so Theora wouldn't see my fun facts. And it's just gone. It it only says uh, bracket bracket 19 dash 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 dash, dash like 100 times. Uh, so next, uh, Dara and Kylie, so Courtney and Danny, are in the new Descendants movie, Descendants, The Rise of Red. This will be their second project they work on that is based off Kenny Ortega movies, but still is not directed by him, because hmm. he's not doing the fourth film. Val, played by Meg Donnelly, so Val from season three, is from another Disney movie series called Zombies. She guest starred in season three, and EJ, played by Matt Cornette, uh, guest guest starred in Zombies 3. Zombies 3 is also the first Disney project to feature a non-binary character. This was cast by Amber and Danielle, who was who oh. also cast Andy Mack, who Sophia Wiley, who plays Gina, is in. And we interviewed them previously if anyone is interested. Um, they were a delight. They are fun <laughs> people. They know many things. They know a lot. Um, yes. We love them. I want to talk to them again one day. Uh, there are three or four books as well, including one that is Miss Jen's script for the first High School Musical show with audition notes and director notes. So, like, the blocking and everything is really cool. I didn't actually cool. read it, but I saw photos of it. Um, in the last episode, Ricky tells Mac that he wishes there were 38 more episodes of Mark and Spark, which is the same number of episodes in the High School Musical, the musical, the series, series. Hmm. Meta. Yes, I mean, because that's, that's their charm. Okay, I also watched all three movies to prepare for this episode in case there is things to say. And I just, I have, I've had a couple of things. Um, so rewatching the movies made me realize I, rem- I fully remember my inner monologues because my brain's always running. So I remember what I was thinking while watching it for the first time. And it was mostly just mishearing what the words were and also trying to figure out what they mean. Because I sometimes use bigger words. So like I was in fourth grade. So I had no idea what they meant. And I thought they were referring to Chad when the boss in High School Musical 2 says henceforth because his name is Chad Danforth. So that's the connection I made. But I also fell asleep during High School Musical 2 the first time I watched it. So there's that. That's It's also people's favorite movie, and I don't like High School Musical 2. High School Musical 3 is my favorite, which is also probably part of the reason why the fourth season's my favorite, since they're, that's the music they're doing and stuff. Um, and they also added in the deleted scene, or at least one scene, in High School Musical 2 on Disney+. Plus. It now includes the fever dream that is Huma Huma Nuka Nuka Apua'a Makikiki Malinihu. Do you know that song? Because it's a no. song. It's, if you had the Disney Sing It uh, Wii game, it was on there. So that's how I learned that song. But it is such a crazy scene. And like Sharpay sings like a whale in it or something it's weird but it's really really funny so go watch that (laughs) and that brings us end to the end of high school musical the musical the series 
And One last thing about the, about the show before we, like, end it for real. I do like the very last scene, which is, that ties everything together, which is the main cast and Miss Jen singing the Wicked song. For um, good. For good, which, it's the perfect song about, like, friendships, and it allows Jen to finally sing, like, the Glinda part for us, the audience, so I do like that that is their ending scene. Which, in case the audience does not know, uh, Miss Jen, in real life, Kate Reinders, Reinders, whatever, sorry Kate, uh, played Glinda on Broadway. Yeah, we did mention that in the first episode. Briefly, but like you already knew, so we didn't actually go into it, but I just wanted to make sure that was established, just yeah. in case people didn't know. So, yeah, I like that that's the ending scene. That's it. Uh, I mean, it's also apt that they go to Denny's like, in the actual oh, yeah, show's yeah. ending scene, because apparently that's a... I mean, we went to Applebee's instead of Denny's, but, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you go out f- somewhere that's open and get food. Like, yeah. yeah. But I love the song. I thought the song was fitting. Yeah. yeah. I don't want it to end! Because <laughs> now it's over, over! <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. It's so hard! There's no more! Well, I, I'm still... Uh, Leave a comment on who we should interview, because I'm going to try. We'll see if anybody's willing. Yes, we are back in that stage where we can interview people. Woo! Let us know if that's okay, Caitlin. That's what fan fiction is for. Yes. Um, yes. So, before we sign off, for real, we uh, and end our discussion on High School Musical, the musical of the series, we need to rate this... Well, I guess rate this season, because we've been rating all the seasons, and then rate the show overall on the Lesbian Jesus Hydration Scale. So, this is our scoring system that we developed on the Big Energy Podcast using gay science. Um, So, it's a very accurate method for determining how valuable a piece of queer media is. And we hydrate, like Caitlin is doing right now, because water, like life, and, um, sorry, water, like queerness is essential for life so (laughs) caitlin how much would you hydrate for lesbian jesus for season four eight i mean madeline gets a 10 but (laughs) yes uh damn no i think i'm gonna give it a six like five of the points are just for ashlyn and maddox but the shit they did with Seb, Big Red, and Carlos was fucked. I know, up. like so part I of me points for that. That was I, shit. yeah, that's that was why a crime against lesbian Jesus. Okay? That's why I had trouble. Like, I did eight because just Madeline, Madeline will. <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah, yeah, big feels. But like thinking more about it, like <sighs> I really wish they gave them something better that season. Go out better than that. Yeah, I we've ranted enough about it, but like that that whole thing loses points. But the Ashlyn Maddox stuff was really great on its own. That was great and very well handled, and I like how they did all that minus all the cheating stuff that's embedded in there. But ten out of ten, but like they were a ten out of ten. They were good. Um, but yeah, overall. And then okay, so then how much would you hydrate for the entire show on a scale of one to ten? Or a- <laughs> uh. What do you mean, damn it? We always do this. <laughs> Why is this always a surprise? 
do it every time. I thought we were only going season by season. No, we are again. Now you rate the whole thing. Well, I know I can't give it too low because I really okay. No, No, all right, I'm gonna give. Um. No. Hmm. Seven and a half. That's fair. 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 I think I would give it a six. I think that's what I gave it initially when we did our like the first season the first thing i think that's what i gave it to yeah just because like i think there's a lot of good stuff i think it's valuable it's appropriate no for the audience we gave the first season a two no no no, not the first season yeah. in our non-spoilery thing, oh yeah 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 the, the big that's what it was right the big so, gay energy one right yeah. exactly so i think i stick with that even having gone through all of this discussion just because i think there's valuable elements to it there's some problematic shit with the queerness that we just talked about but like Overall, it's a good thing to see um, queer media, a lot of it being more positive than negative for a younger audience, because empathy is important. And so I think in the lexicon of queer media, it's worth talking about, worth watching, um, because queer media is important for all ages and everybody. And it was way less toxic than Glee when it came to the queer stuff. So there's that. That's good. Yeah, I want to get... I, see, I love this show just because it's, like, fun and I love the music and stuff. But because of, like, the stuff, like... I mean, we've talked about it already, but, like, that stuff is just... I want to... I can't give it higher than a seven and a half. I think that's fair. Seven and a half is really good, especially Caitlin, who's a heart. Oh, yeah, player. I have not... I don't think I've given anything a ten. I think I gave a Heartstopper heart episode stopper stuff. <laughs> a ten because, like, I felt like I had to at that point. Because, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but, yeah. Ratings is hard for me. We've established this. Anyway, if you made it this far in the episode, we want to know. I'm going to give you a secret word that we want to challenge you to use in a comment or podcast review. It's really, it's funnier if it's a podcast review. Uh, without yes. looking at the spelling of this word. Okay, so today's secret word is apogitura. I believe that's it. I have it phonetically spelled, but like it's still weird to apogitura. And it means a music note played as an embellishment on the main beat. Oh yeah, that's an Italian word. My dog is digging yeah. in the thing. Brooklyn, shut up! I'm sorry. Okay, anyway, she's just going to be digging the whole time. It's fine. We're here. All right, so thank you for joining us on the journey that was High School Musical, the musical, the series. We hope you enjoyed this wild ride. Uh, we'll be moving on to more queer media after this. Uh, and until next time, keep hydrating for lesbian Jesus. And gay it up all over the place. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.